Welcome to the HR Room Podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR, where we talk to business leaders from around Ireland and share their advice on how to create the HR systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, simply visit www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HR Room Podcast. Amid the great resignation, rising inflation and the ever-changing world of work, EY's Work Reimagined Survey for 2022, which includes insights from more than 17,000 employees and over 1,500 employers across 22 countries and 26 industries, surveys revealed some very interesting findings. So to talk to us more about these findings today, we're delighted to be joined by Laura Flynn, partner and head of EY's People Consulting Practice in Ireland. Thanks for joining us, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Owen. Hi, Mary. Great to be here. Brilliant. And as always, we're joined by our very own Mary Cullen, founder and managing director here at Inside HR. How are you, Mary? I'm great. Thanks, Owen and Laura. We're delighted to have you too. Excited to hear about um, this survey. Definitely. So let's jump right in. So I suppose to kick us off, Laura, can you talk to us just, I suppose, kind of generally about some of the main findings? Obviously, we'll jump into some more of them in detail over the course of the discussion. But can you talk to us just about some of the main findings of the survey? Yeah, of course. So I guess maybe just to, to position it, this is um, this has become an annual survey for us that started back in 2020. And I suppose through that time, what we've seen is dramatic changes in, in how we work, but also how we view our priorities in relation to work. And this survey is no different. Um, over the last two years, we've seen a very reactive response to that changing environment. But what this survey results tells us is there's really a need for more sustainable and also human-centered workforce strategy. Uh, at a very high level, some of the key findings that we found is both employers and employees are really recognizing that making provisions for hybrid and flexible working is a necessity, and it's, it's certainly not going away in the future. Um, Employees are feeling empowered. There's lots of positivity in, in the responses that they've given us. But regardless, nearly half of them are telling us that they're likely to leave their employer in the next year, which is um, probably only not, not unexpected, but still means that there's quite a lot to do um, in terms of talent attraction and retention. What we've seen is employers who have shown a more proactive approach to the changing world of work are feeling a lot more optimistic about the future, particularly in terms of changes to productivity and culture. Um, those who have been kind of slower and, and taking more of a wait and see approach are starting to feel quite nervous about how things are going to pan out for them. And then I suppose the other thing is What's really coming through in this survey is that both total rewards, and, and by that I mean financial and non-financial, that kind of whole employee value proposition, along with diversity, equality and inclusion, are really seen by both employers and employees as areas that are demanding uh, greater attention and focus. So what comes through in the themes constantly is the employee experience um, and kind of taking a, a putting people at the centre of everything is, is really essential. Um, employees are really looking for sustainable employee experiences that will allow them to thrive in this new way of working. Um, but they are feeling trusted and supported by their employers, which is great. Yeah, so some very interesting findings. Um, just I suppose to kind of take a deeper look at some of them as we, we go through the discussion. 
I think flexibility over the past couple of years and even previous to the pandemic, it was always kind of a huge factor for people considering or considering staying, moving on from their, their current roles, that kind of stuff. But I think mm-hmm. Florida pay and reward, as you mentioned there, seems to have kind of jumped back into discussion pretty heavily. Is that right? Yeah. In this survey, by far, the strongest trend was a focus on pay. So 43% of the employees said that they're likely to leave their current job for uh, this year. And, and the highest kind of factor that was for higher pay. If we compare that to last year, there was only 7% of employees said that they were they were going to leave. I think that's really driven by kind of microtrends like inflation and cost of living that people are, you know, trying to look at what their options are, but also, you know, it's a, a buoyant market and there's lots of opportunities for them. And really it's that shift of power or, you know, the, the balance of power has gone to the employees. They, they have the opportunities and it's open to them. So when we look at the pay piece, 83% of employers and 73% of employees say a change to that total rewards package is needed in light of the pandemic. And it's a concern for both. But maybe just to pick up on, I suppose, while that's strong, flexibility is still a really strong theme across the results. So 80% of employees are saying they want to work at least two days a week remotely from home. And I think what's happened is hybrid working is it's seen now not as a necessity or sorry, it is a necessity rather than a nice to have, which before it was kind of a they wanted their employees to have it, but it wasn't expected. They do expect it now and they're looking for it and, and candidates are looking for it at recruitment. So while pay is really important, there is still that element of flexibility that, that people are looking for and expecting from their employers. Definitely. And I suppose, Mary, on that kind of whole pay and reward piece. Obviously, the cost of living, is, as Laura mentioned there, is obviously a massive factor, not just for employees, but for employers as well. And there's also those kind of challenges around getting reward schemes right, isn't there? So I know the, the I suppose the shift in the relationship between the power relationship between employers and employees has been brilliant and very positive in a way. But I think with things like pay and reward, employers backs are a little bit to the wall, aren't they, Mary? You are seeing about a 3.5 to over 5% pay increase in 2022 across lots and lots of organisations that we're dealing with. And still, there's still pressure for more. Um, You're seeing even in the media, um, you know, talks again at the public sector level about increases and pay increases and you know that's ongoing and obviously as people feel the pinch in terms of their day-to-day cost of living and you know to make that very real you know our cost of traveling to an office has increased um our cost in terms of food has increased our basic day-to-day living costs. I heard something yesterday on the radio about, you know, items like uh, butter, sugar, salt, flour, all increasing because of uh, sunflower oil, all increasing because of the Ukraine war, Brexit, the general uh, cost, uh, uh, rise in the cost of living. Uh, And if you look at all those basic things, people are going to say, well, you know, much as I like this company, much as I appreciate maybe the flexibility and the uh, various wellness programs and the diversity and inclusion and uh, all of those kind of things, much as I appreciate those things, there is a bottom line. Um, and I have to be able to feed my family. I have to be able to feed myself. Uh, I have to be able to travel comfortably. And if all that is just 
increasing all the time, then there is going to be a, a, a focus on um, increase in pay. And we're seeing that everywhere um, at the moment. And, you know, while employers like to fix their costs when it comes to labor uh, and employees. Um, I don't know that that's going to be that easy this year. Yeah, definitely a lot of challenges. And I suppose another aspect, or even if we kind of rewind to whenever, when this, I suppose, when the results were, were gauged and when the survey went out and even the, just the past couple of years in general, I think one aspect that I suppose it's been everywhere, the kind of topic of remote working, um, I think a lot of companies were ready for it. Obviously, a lot of companies have been doing it for a number of years, even before COVID. But a lot of companies were worried about going fully remote or hybrid or whatever it may be. Um, how has that played out in the, I suppose, in the survey and with a particular reference to, I suppose, kind of culture in organizations? Yeah, um, I think in, in ways there was benefits, if we can describe it that way, to the move because it did enable organizations to to trial things that they hadn't been able to do before and and to look at new ways of i suppose people being productive um and what but but it has really put a, a spotlight on culture culture was one of those phrases that when we talked to clients they were they kind of didn't really know what it meant it was very intangible um whereas now they're actually actively seeking this out saying we need to we need to assess what our culture is and how do we move it going forward um what I'd say, probably the things that have come through is that that kind of employee experience, the culture and, and the DE&I are initiatives that are kind of important factors. Um, they're seeing people are seeing cultures as as being even greater um, importance. And, and there's a focus on purpose and well-being and belonging. When we think when we look at the survey responses, employees are actually far more optimistic about culture in their organizations, most would say that the company culture has improved. And through all of the surveys that we've done, what we have heard is that that kind of increase in perceived trust and autonomy um, that they feel that they have and, and that sense of actually I'm being judged on the outputs of my work rather than presenteeism. Uh, this survey, interestingly, employers were a little less optimistic, um, and that possibly is because they are experiencing that that significant staff turnover. So then they're worrying about, you know, is it something that's that's wrong with our culture? Um, but it, it is important to people, and it's definitely come through. So and, and looking at the different age brackets and, and employee profiles, it's particularly important for those kind of younger generations. So like half of Gen Z said that they'd accept 20% less salary, despite um, all of the conversation we've just had on pay, it, to work for a purpose-driven culture. So they want to work for somewhere where they really believe in. Um, and also pretty much all of employees said that that sense of belonging is really important in the workplace. Um, that the, for them, it's it's a really important factor. I suppose looking another part of the culture piece is that DNI piece. So both of both of the groups, so employees and employers, are saying that there there is actually a lot more to be done from a DNI perspective on their culture, whether that's addressing pay equity or kind of their hiring criteria. So there's there's a lot to be done, and it does seem to be one of those areas that people are focusing on and kind of actively trying to put um, solutions in place. Yeah, I think one. Another huge topic which has been on the papers, the front of everyone's mind in discussions with HR people, Mary, has been obviously the, the great resignation or the great reevaluation or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I know Laura mentioned there that a lot of employees are feeling empowered. Again, there's been that kind of switch in the relationship again, but there's still a lot of movement, Mary, isn't there, with that whole great re resignation piece? 
Yeah, there's a huge amount of movement and, and particularly in certain sectors like finance, tech, um, you're seeing a, a, a really difficult market from an employer perspective, um, but you're seeing it all over the place. I mean, um, we have a number of clients who have been looking to hire HR people, but the requirement being to have people on site maybe three days a week. And those roles proving incredibly challenging to fill um and i think between the cost of living the opportunity for increased salary um the level of flexibility that people want for themselves um you we are still seeing that move um i think the talent supply that we have here um you know you're seeing it in hospitality you're seeing it in retail you're seeing it right across um all sectors of employment that um there is that squeeze and it is difficult to hire people bit of a, a nightmare always for those in hr and talent acquisition when you're really having to work very very hard to get people, you know, I've, I've spoken to a number of uh, HR people and people in the people profession uh, and them just telling me about the frustration, their their frustration around retention um, and about candidates and their demands at the moment. It's not easy. And HR are very much stuck between the C-suite and, and the managers and the candidates when it comes to pay, because, you know, you have on the one hand, an organization trying to keep control of that, uh, keep the cost fixed. And you have at the same time a need for resources to actually deliver on the organization strategy. So it's a real challenge. It's a real challenge in, in Ireland. Um, and I think it's going to be much that way for 2022 as people continue to make decisions now about um, where they want to be um, based on a number of factors, cost of living, flexibility, um, organizations offering more meaningful roles uh, and purpose and all of that. So it's a, it's, it's a real, um, it's a real mix. Definitely. Is that something that's kind of reflected in the survey as well, or is it something we might even see kind of jumping into next year? Yeah, we, de we definitely saw it come through and I guess we're seeing it come through in the survey, but we're also hearing it loud and clear from all of our conversations in the market. You know, as you say, Mary, like HR is, is running fast to just try keep pace with where they are, never mind kind of getting ahead of it. Um, we definitely did. So it globally, it was about 70% of employers are saying that they saw significant attrition last year. And then obviously the employees are telling us that they're still going to keep moving for the next year. So it, it's not going to, to stop. And I think that that piece around workforce planning and particularly thinking about those really hard to um, attract skills is coming through. So employers have told us actually their biggest priority is learning and skills because I think they're recognizing that they're losing people. And then they're trying to think about how can I upskill the workforce that I have to make sure that I can fill some of those gaps. Um, 
And then it's the same, you know, it, it's definitely certain age groups, certainly se- certain um, skill sets and sectors like tech. Um, and it is just that piece around people are reevaluating what's important to them in work and, and actually what are they willing to accept. And uh, I think while, while that power still sits with them, we will see it continue. It was interesting from um, the survey, the idea about uh, the workspaces needing to catch Mm. up as well Mm. um, and the need for investment from an employer perspective around workplaces and and specific collaboration spaces so that they're actually is some level of enticement, some desire for people to be in the office or to be in in the workplace for those um, hybrid work arrangements. Um, I hear an awful lot of frustration out there from from employees whose cost of living has increased, having to travel into work three days a week, sit in their cubicle uh, and not really interacting a huge amount with people anyway, despite talk of culture. Yeah. And the importance of culture. Um, and I do think, you know, when we're reimagining the workplace, we also have to reimagine culture and how that can work. Uh, if the employees are reasonably satisfied with uh, remote culture, uh, mm. but employers aren't, then, you know, that that's a challenge, isn't it? It's a gap from yeah. an um, employer perspective. Yeah, and it's interesting. We saw that. Um, and I suppose, you know, the easier it is for people to come into the office, the more they are inclined to. So if they live closer, they actually were indicating they're happier to be in the office more often. But even for us, I suppose the way we think about it is as people were building their hybrid strategy, you have to think about all of those components together. Uh, we, we love a consultancy. I love having uh initials that help make it easy to remember, but we talked about it as bricks bite and behavior. So it's how do you marry that kind of the office space with the technology with the culture and the behaviors that you need to make it all work and and if you don't think about them holistically actually none of them work so you kind of have to have them all yeah i think that's one thing that jumped out to me as well we're looking at the survey is i suppose it's the kind of thread that goes through that all the findings is in priorities i suppose is the word mm. employers priorities employees priorities is there any kind of gaps between that like it, as i suppose the question really is or what do employees value versus what do employers think they must do to retain them yeah, we definitely saw a bit of a divergence in this survey. So and, and you know, it's probably just what was on people's minds at that time. But the priorities, I suppose, the top three from an employee perspective was total pay, flexibility and career advancement. So we, we touch a little bit on, I suppose, pay and flexibility. But the career advancement is what's starting to come through is, is, is that difference in if I'm not there, is that going to start adversely? affecting maybe my progression within the organization or that you know that need to be seen and so they are starting to think about that whereas employers are much more focused on the the learning and skills and how they fill uh, fill that gap the flexibility and then they're really investing in well-being from an employee perspective so thinking about well what do we need to do to to make sure that we're minding our people because I guess there was such an impact on people's well-being and health you know through the pandemic Um, there was also some questions where they really showed a difference in how they responded as, as the two groups. So that was hybrid working models, traveling for work, culture and productivity. So 
think a far higher percentage of employees think that productivity has increased relative to employers, um, which is interesting. I think everyone, maybe it's just the employees felt that the burn of being incredibly busy all of the time and so associate that with the uh, productivity. There's also a, a difference in terms of how hybrid has landed in the organization. So employers think they're doing a really good job. 75% are saying, yeah, we've got our strategy. It's, you know, it's great for attracting and retaining talent where employees aren't as positive. I think what we what we've seen is that organizations have probably built their strategy and kind of embedded it into their overall strategy, but the communication of it hasn't been as clear and as kind of wide as it could be. Um, there's also difference in opinions in, in, in respect to the levels of flexibility that are in place. Um, and then just, I suppose, the, the, that piece of career advancement that employees are probably less positive about the in-person work versus potential virtual teams and what that might do to them in terms of how they might progress in the organization and make connections and get known and, and be able to progress. Yeah, I think it's that battle, Mary, I think, between productivity and well-being. That's kind of been kind of permeating a lot of discussions really over the past few months, hasn't it? As we're kind of coming out of what, two years of the fully remote working or the hybrid or whatever it is, there has been slightly varying commentary on productivity, well-being, that kind of stuff, hasn't there? Yeah, I think there's still a degree of flux, isn't there? You know, and I remember probably last year talking about, you know, work reimagined and we've done a number of podcasts around uh, this whole area. And, you know, it's really interesting to see we were talking last year about listen and try it see experiment um but when does the experiment end and when do we say this is our established way of working and this is what we're doing um and for for everybody you need a level of certainty about uh what work is don't you you know you need to know if you need to change your childcare arrangements and that uncertainty um in some ways also might fuel decisions to actually um leave work uh leave your current employer because you don't know what the future holds um but yet you've built your whole life in the last two plus years around maybe being remote maybe being hybrid uh, and there might be concerns that your employer is going to change their mind and maybe bring everybody back. So certainly when you see uh, Elon Musk and, and that decision that was made and that controversial email that he sent and that was published and its reaction worldwide from his own workforce and you that may again concern people whose organizations are flip-flopping a little bit or on who aren't certain about where they're going to go the whole productivity um discussion is an interesting one because really you know, an employee may feel that the organization is more productive, but from an organizational perspective, you know, they, they, your C-suite and your executives and your organization, your boards, they're going to know whether they're on track, whether they're achieving their, their own strategy or not. Um, and so when it comes to that difference between how employees and employers view productivity, um, it's really about perception, isn't it? Employees perceiving something 
whether or not it's actually true. And mm-hmm. so there is there is uh, a need for more communication from leadership around things like that. And it's not necessarily saying we're not as productive as we could be or as we were when we were all in office. It may be about how do we how do we become more productive in a hybrid and remote world? Um, yeah. Because you know, you're not going to be terribly productive if you can't fill positions, if you don't have the right skill sets for the future of work. So it, 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 the the need for certainty, I think, is there um, to a large extent. And employers probably need to stop talking about it being an experiment. How long do you experiment? How long do you trial it for? Yeah. I think it's a really great point as well, Mary, I suppose it's as you think about productivity, um, you know, people were really busy because they were having to have almost one to one conversations and schedule in that time. Um, And there is a piece about coming back into the office and I suppose the water cooler moments, for lack of a better phrase, and actually how much you can get done in those five minute interactions that then, you know, you had to schedule into your day when you were remote and that took more time. Um, But then you didn't have the commute or the you know so there was it, it's kind of different views on the productivity lens definitely and it's interesting to see kind of big stories that i think the one thing that jumped out to me about that elon musk story unfortunately was that i i'm not sure if he listens to the podcast mary considering what we've <laughs> been talking about over the past so year but sure, look, that was the most shocking thing but sure we'll, we'll move on um and i think look, the biggest question and i know it's kind of a, a bit of a crystal ball question but i'll ask the both of you anyway just to kind of i suppose give some guidance to people out there that's the final question uh, Laura, what do you think are some of the key things employers should be focusing on? Uh, I suppose as they continue to kind of adapt to this lasting kind of stage of transformation, it's not it's not quite a short stage. It definitely seems to be still happening. So, what should they focus on? Do you think? I, like what what we've seen is just that need to be really intentional about what you do. I guess to Mary's point of you need that clarity and employees want that clarity, but also for the organisation, you know, they need to to understand what they want to achieve and then kind of be intentional in, in kind of going after it. Uh, for us, what we've seen is there is that need to focus on the people experience or or what we refer to as, as the moments that matter within the workday and, and think about how can you put focus and effort into those things. Um, but, you know, based on this survey results, I think that has to go along with providing a package that takes into account kind of total pay, role and flexibility as well as that. Definitely. And I suppose same question to yourself, Mary. I think that intentionality piece is obviously something we've been saying a lot as well isn't it about priorities for next year and beyond oh without a doubt you have to be intentional about all of this and we we probably need to be more intentional about um work generally because a lot of the things that just happened in the office um happened in the office and we didn't really think about it and we weren't intentional about it they were just those moments where people met and talked wherever that was whether it was at the water cooler which you as you know Owen, i'm a bit of a skeptic about having <laughs> never had a com- meaningful conversation at the water cooler mm-hmm. myself throughout all my years of work uh, i also probably have never really had that meaningful conversation in the car park because I'm usually coming or going or rushing personally um so I think some of that stuff is talk uh and I think you know the value of going to lunch with someone having a coffee with someone sitting beside someone learning from someone I I do see those as valuable moments and 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 important parts of um the day but i'm not sure that i believe that that needs to be in office 
to happen if a company is intentional about it. I also think from a, a reward perspective, you know, right now, everybody's doing much the same things and offering much the same things. Every organization is making announcements about, um, you know, the, the, the diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, um, offering, you know, really nice benefits that have impact and meaning for individuals um, and all of that. And I think there might need to be more creativity, but what else? What else can we do? Um, if we just do what our competitors are doing, then how are we going to attract anyone in any better way than they are? And it still comes back down then to pay. Um, so it's a really interesting piece, I think, um, that's developing. And we did a podcast uh, some time ago, probably a couple of months ago with Oliver Coakley. Um, about uh, pay and reward and thought that that might be an interesting one for our listeners to revisit. I, don't, I'm not, I can't remember what episode it was, but I think it might be an interesting one for people to revisit. When it comes to that whole idea of pay and reward and creativity, there's still probably not enough creativity out there. Mm-hmm. And certainly when you're a, a smaller organization who's trying to compete with talent against the larger corporates, um, having the same range of benefits might not be enough to do it because they're going to have a bigger budget for pay, base pay uh, and, you know, bonuses and things like that. So you might need to be a bit more creative um, with your budgets. Definitely. And there's a lot of conversations happening, which is very, very true. I think we're, we hear so much about all these different topics, uh, Mary. So it is great, I suppose, to hear the Defining the survey, so a huge thanks to, to Laura for joining us and talking us through all that, and thanks to you, Mary, as well for for your insights. Um, thank you, obviously, to everyone for listening. We catch you next week for the next installment of our podcast. So don't forget to click subscribe and join the discussion on our social media channels. Make sure to check the show notes for useful resources related to today's topic. We'll make sure to share the results of the survey in there. The EY have a very good article on that, so we'll make sure to include that. And as always, for HR consultancy services and management you can trust, get in touch with us today at InsightHR.ie. Thank you, Laura, and thank you, Mary. Thank you all. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the HR Room podcast, the podcast series from Insight HR that helps you create the human resources systems and workplace culture that's right for your business. For show notes and bonus content, go to www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. That's www.insighthr.ie forward slash podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe, like and share the show with any friends and colleagues who are looking for fresh ideas on how to create the ideal workplace for their business. And remember, if you need any HR support, get in touch with us at Insight HR. Whether it's conducting a complex workplace investigation, filling a gap by providing you with a virtual or an on-site HR resource, or providing advice via our HR support line, we'll help you resolve whatever human resources challenge your business is facing. Thanks, and see you soon.